welcome to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode. And welcome to Counter Melody. Last week we celebrated the birthday of the United States in a rather counterintuitive way, that is, by presenting Renata Scotto in the role of Norma as an example of what it means to be a real leader. In her case, a druid priestess. This week, we have another national birthday coming up, and that is France. And they are celebrating their Independence Day on the 14th, le 14 juillet. I had put together this episode about French glamour a number of weeks ago, and then it was put on the back burner because other things had come up, and I needed to respond to those things with a different kind of episode. But today, we're going to return to the theme of French glamour. What better example of that than the voice that you just heard? That was Madie Mesplé singing the role of Lacme in a radio performance from 1966. As probably most of you know, Madie Mesplé died a number of weeks ago. She had been plagued with ill health for many years and in fact had retired early from her singing career because of that. But she's a sublime singer, and I'm very fond of her. I like her very, very, very much. I think you get an example of why in the recording that we just heard. Now, we're going to be discussing glamour again, but this time filtered through the prism of Frenchness. <laughs> now, who else do we associate with French glamour than one of the few males that we're going to hear on this episode, Maurice Chevalier. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to sing a song from my most recent picture called One Hour With You. That's the name of the picture, but the name of the song, I'll tell you now. The song is called... <laughs> no, no, I won't tell you how the song is called. You'll know in one minute how the song is called. That Mitzi. Oh, oh, that Mitzi. Should I be brave and misbehave or not? Should I say yes or no? Should I stay home or go? Why should I be afraid to fall? I'm only human after all. I love Colette. I'm crazy for Colette. But oh, that Mitzi. I kiss Colette and I get all upset. But oh, that Mitzi, to stay or go, I really can't decide. But this, I know, we can't all three be satisfied. I love Colette, I haven't weakened yet. But oh, that Mitzi. That was Chevalier singing the song Oh That Mitzi by Oscar Strauss and Leo Robin from the 1932 film One Hour With You. Now, I just want to discuss some things about glamour. I think especially in the French manner, it involves a great deal of poise and centeredness so that instead of flailing about, the purveyor of that glamour shows an enormous amount of poise. Even Chevalier, at his most frenetic, can stand back from his sexual obsession with Mitzi and give little grunts and rumbles and things that take him back inside himself, if that makes any sense to you. Now, I have so many clips that I want to offer you today, and I did not know how to order them, so I did a little I Ching thing here, and I took my set list, I cut it up into, I think it was 39 separate pieces, and started pulling names out arbitrarily, and I used a modified version of that for the set list today. <laughs> the next singer that we're going to hear is the American Mary Lewis. Now she is virtually unknown today, but fortunately for us, Ward Marston put out a reissue on Marston Records a number of years ago, and we can hear just what a superb singer that she was. Actually, Mary Lewis had a wide-ranging career. She began as a vaudevillian, and then she moved to Paris, where she sang the premiere of La Veuve Joyeuse, The Merry Widow, Die Lustige Witwe, in Paris, she also became a real exemplar of French style. She went on to sing at the Met briefly and had a number of really unfortunate things happen to her until she died prematurely. It's a fascinating and tragic story, but 
what I want to present to you today is what I think is the epitome of French glamour, and that is Massonese Thais. I don't think I've ever heard anybody sing that extraordinary final scene from Thais better than Mary Lewis does here. There are some people that match her, but nobody that surpasses her. Thank you. 
so much French operatic repertoire, and not just operatic repertoire, but other repertoire as well, as we will discover. There's so much emphasis on the exotic, the oriental, and I use the term advisedly, the imperialistic. We know what sort of a checkered record that France has left throughout the world, and that's often reflected in the music, as in Thais. But this next example brings another celebrated Thais into the picture, and that is the French soprano André Esposito. And here she is singing Depuis le jour, which is certainly the most Parisian of operas. She is an extraordinary singer. I'm so excited to share her with you. I hope to bring more of these French diva babes together (laughs) for you in the future. Today, we're just going to touch on many of my very favorites. So, André Esposito is one of them, and here she is singing a portion of Depuis le jour. Another extraordinary French 
singer, also a famous Thais, in fact, was René Doria. Do you know, I have to correct myself. I was under the impression that René Doria was no longer with us, but she is still alive and, I hope, going strong at the age of 99. Wow, I love these kinds of stories. She's an extraordinary singer as well, and I'm going to offer her to you in this aria of Chagounot from his upper Mireille. It's called the Air de la Croix. Voici la vaste plaine. This opera takes place in Provence, and Mireille has to cross this desert region called the Croix. She's facing death and determining that no, she will not die. But even Gounod couldn't make up his mind if Mireille was going to die or not, because there are two different versions of the opera, one in which she lives, one in which she dies. Anyway, here is Mireille in extremis crossing the Provençal desert. person who came up in the I Ching list was Grace Bumbry. Well, I'm not sure. I've, no, I have played Grace Bumbry once on the podcast, but we haven't heard enough of her. In what French repertoire did Grace Bumbry excel? I would say primarily Carmen. She was one of the most memorable Carmens of the 1960s and early 70s. Here she is in a live performance from New York in 1967, singing the Seguidille. Thank you. 
be bringing you more of this extraordinary Falcon in future episodes. Now we're going to turn to another Falcon, and that is the French singer Germaine Cernet. And she is a fascinating case study. She sang a wide range of repertoire, including both soprano and mezzo-soprano parts. And then during the war, she joined a convent. She became a nun. She left her career behind, only to die very shortly thereafter. She is going to stand in today for all of those extraordinary French mezzos or falcons that I hope to do a full episode on them in the future. But this is such an extraordinary voice type. It's almost a lost Bach. And I'm very sorry about that. There are no real examples of that. We have some lyric mezzos these days pretending to be falcons, but they don't have the proper vocal weight. This is the kind of voice that one wants to hear in this repertoire. Here, Serenet is singing the aria from Lucide Pleuré Mes Yeux.
I Ching determined that I am going to play Janine Michaud for you now. Well, Janine Michaud represents another extraordinary and exceptional vocal category that one encounters really only in the French repertoire. That is the lyric coloratura soprano with more than a touch of acid in her voice, but who has enormous charm and glamour and range and flexibility. I'm going to offer something not from her operatic repertoire, but instead the song Fascination, which was composed in the early years of the 20th century by someone named Fermo Dante Marchetti, with words by Maurice de Ferodi. Now, I had read somewhere at some point the rumor that Ravel had actually composed the tune of uh, Fascination, but in my internet searches, I I was unable to come up with any kind of uh, repetition of that rumor, so it could have been something that I even dreamed. Who knows? But anyway, speaking of dreams, this is a dream of a performance and of a song that, of course, became very famous in the Billy Wilder film Love in the Afternoon with Audrey Hepburn, one of my favorites, and Gary Cooper. But here it is, sung by Janine Michaud. going to turn to perhaps the quintessential role for this kind of lyric coloratura voice, that is Massonet's Manon. Janine Michaud, of course, was a famous Manon, but there are a number of other ones that I'm going to present to you. I'm not going to play the Ne plus Maman. We heard that a number of weeks ago from the late great Greek soprano Jeanette Pilou, who will be appearing later in today's episode as well, as she was such an extraordinary example of the French style and repertoire. But for now, I'm going to play you several other examples of several other singers. The first is the Belgian soprano Fanny Eldi, who recorded, I believe this was the first complete version of Manon for a series for the Pâté label. I have 1928 here, but I think it was recorded in 1923. Pretty sure that's correct. Here she is singing the restative that precedes the gavotte, Je marche sur tous les chemins. Je suis 
great Manon from that same period, the late 20s to the 30s. This singer is also Belgian, and her name is Emma Luard, and she is going to treat us to the gavotte itself. present another favorite singer of mine. That's the Polish soprano, Teresa Giliskara. We've already heard her once on the podcast. I'm hoping to do a full episode on her in the future. She was one of the bigger-voiced Manons who took on the role. As long as the singer has the proper flexibility for the part, I actually enjoy hearing a singer of this weight in the part as well. This is a live performance from Chicago in 1973, and here she is singing the short vocal outburst, Pardonnez-moi, Dieu de toute puissance. This occurs right before the Saint-Sulpice scene in which uh, Manon sings N'est-ce plus ma main. This scene always makes me think of my friend Peter, who, when he worked on preparing this opera, would play this bit over and over and over when we were rooming together at the University of Illinois. He just loved the passion, and I think Julie Scarra does it beautifully. Thank you. 
Now we're going to touch on another Manon. This is Germaine Ferraldi. She's certainly one of my most adored singers. She's actually French. Finally, another French singer after Michaud. She was, as I say, a very famous Manon as well and recorded the role complete, as did Fanny Eldi. But I'm going to offer her instead in a recording of, well, here I think it's specified that it's sung by Eurydice in the French version of Gluck's opera Orphée et Eurydice. It's the most beautiful tune that takes us directly into the Elysian fields. It's called Cet asile aimable et tranquille, and here is Germaine Ferraldi. to you a singer of today. How often do I present singers like this on the podcast? Perhaps not so often. There's a reason for that. Sometimes I think that the singers of today, however well-schooled, are somewhat faceless. Thanks to my friend Thomas Bagwell, who drew this singer to my attention, I have become, in the past year or so, a huge admirer of the American soprano Lisette Oropesa. Here she is in a performance from just over a year ago in Belgium at the Monet, singing Robert, Toi que j'aime, from Meyerbeer's opera Robert le Diable. We will be encountering Meyerbeer again later in the podcast. For now, I'm so so excited to present this singer to you. She's very special and the real thing. Mark my words.
song by Lisette. Now we're going to have a song about Lisette. This is one of the most extraordinary vocal documents that I have ever heard. It's a recording by that very famous French singer Emma Calvé, who created the role in Massenet's La Navarrese, also sang Ophélie in Thomas Amelie, but also was the most important and famous Carmen of her generation and beyond. Some people would say that she was the greatest Carmen ever. I'm not going to argue that point, because I think they're probably right. But I'm not going to play any Carmen for you today. Many of Calvé's recordings, since they were recorded in the very early years of the 20th century, are kind of sketchy, touch and go. She sometimes gives comments on the performance performance before the recording is really even finished. <laughs> That's true of many of her Carmen recordings. Anyway, this recording is her singing the folk song Ma Lisette. Perhaps she's anticipating the coming of Lisette Oropesa more than a hundred years later. This song has this extraordinary vocal effect that I've never heard anyone else do with quite the same ease. It's stunning. She floats this high note at the very end. It makes me giddy. It makes me dizzy. It makes me maybe just a little crazy.
Now, speaking of glorious piano high notes, <laughs> that's quite the transition. We're going to present another usurper, and that is the Italian tenor, Giuseppe Di Stefano. For many people, Di Stefano was an example of an extraordinary talent, misused, misappropriated, wasted in repertoire that was far too big for him to handle. I'm not going to dispute that either, but I am going to offer an example from 1950, a live performance from San Francisco in which he sings the Faust aria Salut de Mer and he sings the most frickin' extraordinary high C here with a diminuendo. You just gotta hear it. Dig it, people. Mr. De Stefano will sing the famous Faust cavatina Salut de Mer, chaste et pure. All hail thou dwelling pure and lovely by Charles Gounod. Dina 
There's another usurper that I'm going to present to you now, and she's not even singing in French here. This is the American super glamorous Geraldine Farrar, who was an extraordinary icon in the world of fashion and glamour, film and music, in fact. She began her career over in Germany and then proceeded to go to the Met, where she was the darling and sang much French repertoire, including Carmen, in fact. This is an example of her singing from earlier than her Met days, recorded in 1905 and was recorded in Berlin. She's singing the Juwelen Arie, the jewel song from Faust. She sings in German, but I want you to be able to hear the freshness that is in her voice at this early stage in her career. a quintessential French singer for you, if there ever was one. That is Denise Duval, the muse of the composer Francis Poulenc, for whom he wrote the female leads in all three of his operas. This is from a live performance at the Salgavaux in Paris in 1959, in which Poulenc and Duval perform an excerpt from the extraordinary monodrama La Voix Humaine, La Voix Humaine was composed to a text by Jean Cocteau. It was a play that had played quite successfully in Paris, I believe in the 1930s. And in the late 50s, Poulenc decided to set it as an opera. And Denise Duval created the title role. Again, her career was cut short by health problems. But here, you hear that the voice itself is nothing special. It's got very much that light, acidy kind of French sound to it. But my God, what an interpretation. What a woman, and she was an extraordinary beauty as well. In this excerpt, the unnamed principal character is on a phone call with her lover, who has just dumped her. 
to marry another woman. She has desperate telephonic encounters with this very person. She discovers that he's lying to her on several different levels, and at the end, she strangles herself with the phone cord. This excerpt that I'm going to play for you is the part in which she tells the jilter that just last night she tried to commit suicide and was too afraid to die alone and therefore called her friend Marthe to come and rescue her.
So often in opera, we encounter both the exoticism that I was talking about earlier, as well as, I'm not going to say misogyny, but a way in which women are victimized in a very specific way. This opera is Myopia's L'Africaine, and I'm going to play an excerpt by my adored Shirley Verrett. All of you know, I will play Shirley Verrett at the drop of a hat. Here, she is portraying the role of Silica, who falls in love with Vasco da Gama, the explorer-slash-conqueror, who deserts her, of course, and she goes to a grove of poisoned flowers, breathes in their scent, and sings this aria, after which she expires.
Here's another singer that I will present at the drop of a hat because I love her so very, very, very much, and that's Josephine Baker. This is the climax of the film Zuzu, in which she portrays a French laundress who finds stardom in the Folie Bergère and yet loses the man that she loves. At this point, I believe it's the very end of the movie, she sings the song Haiti, Haiti. We see her in a gigantic birdcage. What better symbolic representation of a lonely woman who has found extraordinary fame, but alas, as I said, lost the love of her life. She sings the words here, Loin de tes rivages, ma plus belle cage n'est qu'une prison. She's singing how she longs for Haiti, her homeland, far away from your shores. The most beautiful cage is for me nothing but a prison. I should also mention that in this 1934 film, the man for whom Zuzu Baker is carrying a torch is none other than her adoptive brother Jean Gabin, a white man. Very forward-looking, not something one would have encountered in Hollywood films of that era, for damn sure. exotic number for you guys. This is called Adieu de l'Hôtesse Arabe. It's a song by Georges Bizet. Again, very Orientalist. There's a French traveler who's been staying with the Arabian hostess. <laughs> God knows what kind of a house she is the hostess of, but she's saying, if nothing will keep you here in our beautiful country, then just know that as you go, you take the hearts of more than one with you. It's got these beautiful, melismatic modal scales. I think it's an extraordinary performance. Jenny Turrell recorded this more than once. This is her second recorded performance from the late 1950s, where she's accompanied by Paul Ulanovsky. Chassé de ton front, les mouches 
We cannot talk about French glamour without talking about, again, Régine Crespin, one of my very, very, very favorite singers. Flawed, perhaps, but man, would that there were someone like this with us today. The voice is so extraordinary. She also is a perfect example of the Falcon. She did not have enormous ease on the top all the time. When it worked, it was fantastic, and when it didn't, which happened increasingly as her career advanced, she made other choices for repertoire, including Carmen and Offenbach roles that allowed her to continue to display her enormous elan and charm and everything that makes her so delicious. This is from a 1963 studio recording of Massonet's Hérodiade. It's not Il est doux, il est bon. It's the less familiar excerpt called Je souffre, but you get to hear the Crespin voice in full bloom. She's so extraordinary. I love her. I hope you love her too. I really do. In fact, it might be required that you love her. <laughs> we'll think about that.
This next singer is another Falcon. Her name is Françoise Paulet. She was one of the most famous pupils of Régine Crespin. She also had an enormously rich voice that was not perfectly knit together, but in this studio recording from 1989, the voice is in tremendous shape and singing an aria which Crespin herself had also sung. That is the aria plus grand dans son obscurité from La Reine de Saba, the Queen of Sheba by Charles Gounod. Certainly not his most famous opus, but a great one. what I love about being my own boss. I still have half of the selections that I had picked for this episode, and I haven't played them for you yet. So guess what? I've just made the executive decision that I'm going to bring you a second French Glamour episode next week. 
Before I sign off, I do want to make my usual pitch and plea and request for support and subscriptions. To subscribe, rate, and review, go to any of the usual podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of those. Give me a rating, give me a thumbs up, preferably. (laughs) Show me a little love, people. I need it. Also, don't forget to go to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash countermelody to offer financial support as little as $2 a month. That's only $24 a year, friends, but it helps enormously. If we could get, well, you know, 100 people pledging that, it would make my life livable at this point, financially speaking. My life is fantastic at the moment, except for that little glitch. It was so much fun bringing these singers to you, and I have so many more for next week, and I just had an inspiration. I love singing in French. So I'm going to bring you some recordings of moi en chantant en français. <laughs> so if you want to hear something like that, do check in. To sign us off today, who better than the late Jessie Norman? I'm sure some of you remember in 1989 when she performed for the French Bicentennial, she wore this this enormous garment that was, in fact, the French flag. It was quite something. And she sang La Marseillaise. As always, my friends, until next time, keep the song in your hearts and bonne fête nationale. I'm Daniel Gundlach. <laughs>